Hello and welcome. I'm Dr. Tom Cheney, and this is Living Health Live. My co-host for the show and in our practice is my wife, Dr. Stephanie Cheney. Thanks for joining us. Each week, Dr. Steph and I provide information and instructions on how to live a healthier life free of chronic diseases like diabetes, neuropathy, autoimmunity, pain, and arthritis. This is your place to get valuable information about your health challenges. Check out our website at mylivinghealth.com or call our office at 410-216-9180. Let's get started with today's show. Today, we're gonna focus on heart disease myths. So last week, we talked about the most common risk for heart disease, which Dr. Steph said was the elevated sugars. We talked about inflammation. Um, we also listed several other factors that we do have control over, such as diet, lifestyle, uh, avoiding triggers, this week, we're going to discuss certain myths about heart disease. So, Dr. Steph, what is what do you feel like is the biggest myth regarding heart disease that many people may be surprised of? Well, um, you know, with all the attention put out there on cholesterol levels and that, you know, total cholesterol and some of the minor cholesterol um, particles being tested on a regular basis, and with one in four adults um, over the age of 45 being on a cholesterol-lowering medication, one would think that cholesterol levels or elevated cholesterol is the primary ca cause of heart disease. And I think one of the biggest myths out there is that um, that is that cholesterol does cause heart disease. It's the main risk factor. And unfortunately, because of that, a lot of patients are coming in and they're being a, a little bit, I think, over-medicated with the statin medications. They're driving total cholesterol down below 100. And there is such a thing as too low. In addressing heart disease solely from the perspective of statin medications and trying to lower cholesterol levels, and of course, the, the benchmarks keep dropping and dropping and dropping as, as time goes on as far as the targets, I think we're missing actually addressing and dealing with the root cause of right. you know, heart disease. And elevated cholesterol is just one of the risk factors. Um, Let me just say real quick, I don't want any listeners to start or stop any medications without their doctor's correct. supervision. Yeah, and that's a that's a, a, a an important thing to say because even even when, when we work with patients that come to see us to reverse diabetes and reverse their um, metabolic syndrome, a lot of these patients are on multiple medications, blood pressure, cholesterol, lowering medication. And we will tell our patients, just like we're telling you now, do not just stop any medications on your own. There's a right time and a right place. You want to get to addressing the underlying causes first while you're on a statin. You want to make sure you're supplementing with the correct nutrients while you're on the statin and getting everything set so that when the numbers start to come down, your doctor is able to appropriately and safely take you off or wean you off. Because um, that's another thing. You don't want to just go from an 80 milligram a day statin to nothing. Right. You know, you want to make sure you're doing it in an appropriate way so you're not shocking the system. And we so, hope that today's, our discussion can open up a dialogue with your doctor so that you can then bring up some of the things that we're going to talk about and discuss um, some of these uh, lifestyle factors that you can control to reduce your reduce your risk of heart disease. Yeah, we're just here as an ad advocate, just giving you some education, um, trying to empower you with knowledge, and maybe give send you on a path of looking at other things other than just simply taking the prescription and hoping, popping and praying that that's going to work. Right. Right. So, in regard to um, elevated cholesterol, you know, th th it's a double edged sword. So there is such a thing as getting too low. Okay, and whether or not you're taking a statin, because we've had patients come in and they're not on a cholesterol lowering medication and they actually have what we feel is too low. Some of the 
research studies out there because it's very difficult to ascertain what is too low, right? Again, it's individual as far as the patient goes, but essentially what was found was that when cholesterol is below 150, a total cholesterol, was below 150, and I'm not getting into the ratios of this right now, um, uh, mortality uh, actually increased as we age. So as we get older, the lower and lower and lower our cholesterol goes, whether that's created by a statin medication or naturally what's happening in our system, um, the, our, our longevity decreases. And other chronic diseases can actually take hold because of low cholesterol. So um, research actually shows that statins only may reduce the frequency of mild heart attacks. They do not necessarily lower your risk of heart disease, right? There's other factors as far as heart disease other than just a mild heart attack. Um, and they do not necessarily lower your risk of heart disease from major heart attack. And this is, this is coming out of the research. Cholesterol being too low, irregardless of what's you know behind it, a statin medication or not, is associated with early mortality from the following diseases. So you're at an increased risk of cancer with low cholesterol levels, increased risk of infection with low cholesterol levels. You're at an increased risk of hemorrhagic stroke if your cholesterol is too low. You're at increased risk for depression and higher rates of suicide. And this is all literally just taken right from the research that's out there. Um, part of the reason why, as far as depression and, and suicide and um, increased rate, rate of uh, neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, dementia, um, ALS, Parkinson's, neuropathy, things like that, is because your brain is mostly made of fat. And a lot of the fat that's in there, there's a tremendous amount of cholesterol in the brain. So your cholesterol, need, your brain needs cholesterol. And if you have low cholesterol, then you're gonna have low cholesterol amounts in your brain and surrounding your nerves, and that's gonna impact brain health, brain function. Um, so too low is not good. I mean, our body is designed to make cholesterol because we need it, right? right? Um, and so uh, with that being said, what they found, another study showed that um, people in the 80, mid-80s range as far as age with higher cholesterol levels, and they, these higher cholesterol levels were around the 200s, low 200s to mid 200s, which is considered high in the conventional system, um, they're more likely to live longer and have better quality of life and have less of these other diseases that I've mentioned. Isn't that something? Right. So, um, uh, remember, it's not the cholesterol that specifically is a standalone that damages blood vessels and heart tissue. It's sugar and inflammation, right? right? And sugar is a big, huge cause of inflammation, but we also have other things like infection, other things that we talked about as far as risk factors. All of those things lend itself to inflammation. One of the things that um, is hypothesized as why statins uh, can be effective at minimizing the risk of a minor heart attack is because the statins don't necessarily, it's not the necessarily the cholesterol lowering perspective of it, but they lower that inflammatory marker called C-reactive protein. And C-reactive protein is one of those risk markers for artery, arterial damage, blood vessel damage, inflammation, and heart disease. So for our listeners um, going into your cardiologist or your primary care, when you're getting blood work done, you should be looking for that marker, um, C-reactive protein, and asking your doctor if they're not running it, why they're not running it, 
because that's a that's a great cardiac risk factor marker. Right, and we'll get in later into the show what those what those other markers are to look at instead of just cholesterol, right? So um, lowering cholesterol with statins is only statistically helpful to prevent mild heart attack. Like I said, it doesn't necessarily um, reduce the risk of congenital heart failure, uh, heart failure over time, degenerative cardiovascular disease, atherosclerosis. It may not actually impact those things at all, statistically, as far as the research goes. And aside from the risk of low um, cholesterol, which we just talked about all those different um, potential diseases increase, like cancer and infection. Um, so, you know, when you look at the elderly population and one of the one of the um, one of the things that can impact uh, the lifespan of an elderly person is if they get pneumonia, right? That's a that's a takedown infection as we get older, and and part of that might be if our cholesterol is getting too low, it's a sign of poor immunity. Um, and if you have lowered immune function, then you're not going to be able to stave off an infection like pneumonia, like you could maybe in your 40s. So if you're you know 80 years old and you're on a, a statin or two and your cholesterol is down in that low 100 range, you're actually at a higher risk for dying from pneumonia. Um, and so uh, those are just things to think about and, and you know, have conversations with your, with your doctor about those things. Um, it's interesting too, as far as, uh, there's a, a book that's called The Dark Side of Statins Plus the Wonder of Cholesterol. And it's written by a medical doctor, Dr. Dwayne Graveline, who, he himself was actually the victim of statin side effects and ended up dying from complications related to statin use. He ended up dying of a neurodegenerative disease, um, but he had been put on a statin medication and was suffering, suffering from amnesia type symptoms where, again, the brain wasn't functioning. He was starving the brain of the fat and cholesterol that it needed. And so he, you know, he took himself as a medical doctor off the statin. Um, but his doctor basically was like, no, no, you need it, you need it. And then after a period of time of being off of it, he went back on it again because his cholesterol was quote unquote high and suffered again from this. So he he knew just from his own personal, you know, not just the research, but he knew personally the effects that statins can have. Um, and so, uh, you know, one of the things he says in his book is that he's the one that I, you know, the first time I had seen that maybe it, the statins, it wasn't the effect of lowering cholesterol that was the uh, positive effect on heart disease, but C-reactive protein and the inflammation. He says as little as two milligrams is all you need of the statin to get that anti-inflammatory lowering C-reactive protein. How much? Two milligrams. <laughs> but we have patients coming in and they're on 80 milligrams right. and their total cholesterol is 88 and they, they're having leg pain and leg cramps and brain fog. And, and of course, now they're setting themselves up for weakening the heart because of um, the impact that statins have uh, on that. So... You know, again, we're not saying come off of the statins, but the statins do cause decrease in CoQ10, which is the nutrient um, that if you don't have enough of, it can cause weakness and deterioration of the heart muscle itself. Decrease in vitamin K and vitamin D. Now, if you decrease vitamin K, you're going to end up potentially with more calcification because K 
vitamin K pulls calcium from the blood into your bones. If you don't have enough vitamin K, calcium keeps circulating around in the blood vessels. And guess what? You have calcified arteries and blood vessels. That's hardening of the arteries. Statins also cause depletion of certain vitamins and nutrients that cause um, that can lead to brain and nerve degeneration. You're starving the brain and nerves of the fat like we talked about. And statins have also been linked in the research to a higher incidence or likelihood of developing diabetes. But all of our diabetics get put on a statin medication to quote unquote prevent a heart incident, right? right. And so what happens with the the, the you're depleting the, the mitochondria, the energy makers of your cells, and you're depleting the cell membranes of this important fat and cholesterol to maintain healthy membranes, and that's where your insulin receptors live. So we start to affect our ability to manage sugar, and then we're at a high risk for diabetes, which is a risk factor for heart disease. It's very strange. Right. So um, we need to really look at you know supplementing and handling the underlying causes. Exactly. So once again, we're not telling you to stop your statin. Uh, this is just to educate you on what some of the common causes, you know, the causes of statins, what they can do to the body, also um, the causes of heart disease. So you're listening to Living Health Live all month. We're focusing on helping you to improve your heart health. I want to take a moment just to thank our sponsors, Cyrex Labs and Professional Co-op. So we're talking today about heart disease myths, and we were talking about cholesterol, because that's so, uh, it's a common subject when you start talking about heart disease. And then we were talking about statin medication. So Dr. Steph, why don't you just summarize really briefly on what we talked about so far? Yeah, so there is such a thing as too low as far as cholesterol goes, and the big myth is that elevated cholesterol is the cause of heart disease, it, and it really isn't. Um, there are many, many factors that go in that we talked about last um, time we were on. Um, and elevated sugars is a big deal, inflammation, you know, and so a, a elevated cholesterol, you know, clinically, if we see somebody come in, um, whether they're on a statin or not, if their cholesterol is very, very high, the first place that I look as far as blood work is what is their thyroid function? Because now you got a, a thyroid function, maybe uh, maybe there's hypothyroidism. The patient has a really really elevated TSH, indicating low functioning thyroid. Now, if you have low functioning thyroid, what is that going to do to your metabolism? That's going to slow the metabolism down. And so, how efficient are you going to be at transporting things through the body, right? Also, the next thing is addressing the underlying cause of why the cholesterol is high is it's usually an indication of underlying inflammation. So right. we talk about um, you know, autoimmune diseases, food allergies, infections. Once we start addressing these inflammatory things, well, cholesterol goes down, blood pressure goes down, sugars go down, um, and then a person doesn't need that that anti-inflammatory effect of the statin. Remember, it may not be the lowering of cholesterol that helps prevent minor heart attacks with the statin. It may be the lowering of the inflammation and the, the C-reactive protein, which is one of those markers. So um, here's what I would say. Do not stop your statin drugs. They need to be weaned correctly. What you want to do is set the proper baseline so that when you are being weaned off them by your medical doctor, you are in a normal functional state, right? So we want to make sure you're getting the nutrients and the nutrients that we become deficient in on a statin is CoQ10, vitamin D, vitamin K, uh, selenium. You need a good multivitamin that has good active B vitamins and selenium. Um, 
And uh, there's a lot of other supplements. What we're going to do the last show of February is we're going to go through the major nutrients, um, whether it's food or supplements that people should be consuming on a regular basis to prevent um, heart disease, but also if you have it and you're on medications to help you get to a point of health that you can maybe start looking at having some of these drugs reduced. Um, so we'll go through that um, you know, on our next show. But okay. as, as far as, you know, we'll talk about quality of the supplements too. Right. So um, most patients, when they go into their, whether it's their cardiologist or primary care, they do get cholesterol tests run and yes. they know their numbers for cholesterol. But what are some tests that maybe they're not getting run or that are being overlooked to really look at a person's risk for, for heart disease? Yeah, it's not enough to just say, oh, I have a total cholesterol of 200, right? Um, what you wanna make sure you're looking at is the the breakdown numbers. So the lipids in general, a full lipid panel will have good cholesterol, which is HDL. It'll have bad cholesterol, which is LDL or oxidized LDL. Um, also triglycerides um, is another fat that um, needs to be looked at. So it's the ratios of those things is important. We've had people have a total cholesterol that's considered high. So maybe it was 230, 240. But when you look at their good cholesterol, it was actually higher than their quote unquote bad cholesterol. And the ratio therefore was was completely flipped and not in a risk zone as far as heart disease. So, so in that instance, that person's total cholesterol was not indicating a risk for heart disease or a, you know a, a, an impending stroke or cardiac event um, because their good cholesterol was so, so high. Um, so looking at not just total, but HDL, LDL, and then the ratios. Uh, we talked about inflammatory markers. So these need to be checked. These are more important for us as far as trying to get somebody healthy. Um, and that is lowering inflammation, right? That's going to lower the, the body's hammering and destroying and irritating those blood vessels. And so C-reactive protein is one of those. Um, when C-reactive protein is elevated, it is a sign for us of inflammation. Um, and that can happen just from stubbing a toe, right? Mm -hmm. So we're creating a healing kind of effect. So the body is in, in a constant acute healing and repairing attempt, and that will cause C-reactive protein to go high and cholesterol to go high. If it's high, double digits high. So the, the value of C-reactive protein should be 3.0 or below. That is like, we're trying to get it as close to zero as possible indicating little to no inflammation. If we see it in double digits, we know someone is dealing with some type of infection. Now, what could be causing that? Well, we talked about the risk factors last week, um, one of them being you know, bad oral health. You know, If you've got gum disease and bacteria and yeast getting into the system through the gums, or you've got a gut infection, or you've got a viral infection, or something's going on as far as some type of infectious thing, well, if th that could be what's pumping up your C-reactive protein, and it's that that puts you at risk for heart, that's more of a risk factor for heart attack and stroke than your cholesterol being high. Homocysteine is another inflammatory marker that can be run, um, and that is also an indication that your system is not able to recycle and um, uh, eliminate toxins as far as cellular byproducts, right? So if homocysteine builds up too high in the bloodstream, it's very damaging to blood vessels. It's kind of like glass shards, just kind of scraping the sides of those blood vessels. Um, and you do that, you damage blood vessels. Now your body has to heal 
So it sends in calcium and cholesterol to scab the blood vessels, right? So the cause is not the cholesterol. The cause is the homocysteine damaging the blood vessels. Sugars damage blood vessels, the same kind of thing. And that's something you can have measured on blood. If it gets really high, so there's a certain point, we're, we're trying to keep homocysteine levels down below nine. Um, as far as a cardiac risk, anything above 15 is definitely, you're at a higher risk of cardiac event, for sure. Um, but you're also at a, at, at, a, at a detriment for neurodegenerative things. So they've linked high homocysteine to brain degeneration things. So brain fog, Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's. Here we, yeah, Parkinson's disease. Um, another big factor, listen, if sugars are the, one of the biggest risk factors for inflammation and heart disease, then you gotta make sure you know what your hemoglobin A1C marker is. Then this mm -hmm. is true whether you've been labeled diabetic or not. You should just be asking to see what, where that is so you can stay on top of it. And triglycerides. Triglycerides is a marker for us for insulin resistance. It means you're not able to get sugar into muscle. And so your body is having to take excess sugar that it can't get into the tissues and out of the blood. You're going to convert it to triglycerides to then go and store it in your fat cells, right? So here we go with sugar causing you know the underlying obesity epidemic as well. So you want to make sure you're checking triglycerides. If they're very, very high, you're at a high risk for a cardiovascular event. You've got insulin resistance. Um, sex hormones, your reproductive hormones and stress hormones and, and those, so cortisol, um, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, the balance of these is very, very important. In men, if you have elevated estrogen in relation to testosterone, that's a sign of insulin resistance and that is you know, a sign of a, a stroke impending as well. Estrogen dominance in a guy is deadly. When we test our patients for that, we do it through saliva testing generally, as well as blood to compare what's happening in the tissues. And that tells us what we have to do metabolically. It's not a matter of just throwing hormones at someone. It's a matter of getting the balance back in. It's all about balance, right? In women, it's the opposite. So in women, you know, testosterone abundance versus estrogen is a sign of insulin resistance. And that can cause this cyclical hormone conversion. And we've got to be addressing that as far as, um, as far as heart disease goes. And so those are you know, you can also measure on some tests. In our, in our office, we have a lab that we use to test certain nutrients. The CoQ10, the vitamin D, the vitamin C, the vitamin K, these are all things that can become deficient if you're on a statin. Um, but even if you're not, you wanna make sure that these levels are uh, in normal range so that your cardiovascular system is healthy. Remember, vitamin K, keeps calcium from depositing in the arteries. It keeps it pulling into the bones, which is where you want it. That's a good preventative for osteoporosis as well. Um, and so uh, vitamin D is very, very important as well. Optimum levels for us in the office for vitamin D is having a blood level between 60 and 80. Um, and uh, people are coming in deplorably low. I mean, we've seen people in single digits and so that's a problem because vitamin D deficiency can lead to immune issues, immune imbalances, uh, more inflammation, uh, depression, and vitamin D is important for insulin receptor function and bone density and all of these things. So um, we gotta make sure that those levels are correct. C-reactive protein can be lowered naturally with diet. All these markers come yeah. down naturally. Handling in inf inflammation, getting rid of infections, <laughs> and increasing two nutrients, CoQ10 and vitamin C. Those mm -hmm. two together can actually effectively help lower C-reactive protein naturally. Um, and so, uh, 
and basically it's because they're helping address the inflammation, right? Yeah, so our listeners should not only be getting their lipid panel run, so that would look at the cholesterol and the breakdown, but also we wanna look at C-reactive protein, you wanna get homocysteine run, um, we talked about the hemoglobin A1C, your triglycerides, sex hormones as well. Um, and then nutrients like CoQ10, vitamin D, vitamin C, and K. Those are all really important. So, Dr. Steph, what's another myth about heart disease? All right, so a big second myth about heart disease um, is the myth that a high-fat diet um, causes heart disease. <laughs> right. So we see that in the notes all the time. You know, they eat a low fat diet, low fat, low fat, low fat, yeah, low Cut fat, high fat. fiber. Mm -hmm. um, and the, I guess the implication is that somehow that eating high fat actually increases cholesterol. So here's the truth. And this truth was suppressed by certain parties along the way. Um, is that what, what we have found causes LDL, which is the bad cholesterol, to go up and therefore total cholesterol to go up in relation to that, as well as triglycerides, is sugar. If you eat sugar, your cholesterol will go up. When I work with patients that have low, low cholesterol, not on a cholesterol med, but they have low cholesterol and we're actually trying to get cholesterol up, I tell them to go eat more fruit because <laughs> that's sugar, right? That's a healthy right. source of sugar. We know that sugar is an underlying cause of elevated cholesterol, but sugar is the underlying cause of heart disease, right? What we actually do is we end up trying to get patients, if you if you were to you know pick up one of our books, Defeat Diabetes, for example, we talk about the plate rule, balancing your meals so that they're lower sugar, lower carb, and much higher fat. In fact, we're really encouraging patients to eat more of a high fat diet and a low carb diet because that actually flips the cholesterol balance. It increases the good, lowers the bad, lowers the total, but it lowers all these inflammatory markers. It feeds your brain. Your brain is 70% fat. Your cell membranes need fat. And so that fuels the body and it eliminates the risk of heart disease. Right. Pretty simple. Yeah. So it's really what we thought is completely the opposite. Um, high fat does not increase. Uh, uh, cholesterol levels, in fact, not even saturated fat. We, we encourage patients to use um, coconut oil to cook with something, a saturated fat called red palm fruit oil um, to cook with is very high in vitamin A, beta carotene, so it's a bright orange color. That's a saturated fat. Red palm fruit oil has been shown in the research to actually increase good cholesterol and lower the bad. So that's where you know we need fat right and it's the, really the sugar if you're concerned about cholesterol that needs to come down yeah so once again you can go to livinghealthmarket.com you can pick up our book there um, dr steph just mentioned defeat diabetes you can also go on amazon um, and pick it up there it's on kindle so if you want to download it um, check it out also um, check out our website mylivinghealth.com so you can go to our our blog um, we've got a lot of great information there you can also uh, subscribe to our newsletter there. So um, also, once again, you're getting some excellent information delivered to your email box every um, every week. You've been listening to Living Health Live with me, Dr. Tom Cheney and Dr. Stephanie Cheney of Living Health Integrative Medicine in Annapolis. Remember, our goal is to reverse 1 million cases of diabetes by 2020. You can live your life free of type 2 diabetes, fatigue, joint pain. Just visit our website at DiabetesReversalSeminar.com. That's where you can register for one of our upcoming um, Diabetes Solutions Seminars. And call our office for an appointment at 410-216-9180.